Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. I am doing a walk and talk podcast episode with my sister Desiree, who is now five months postpartum. If you have been following me for a while, I documented a lot of her pregnancy, some of her early postpartum recovery, and she has also been on the podcast. I interviewed her when she was in labor, and I interviewed her her first week postpartum. And we are here now at five months postpartum where shit has gotten real. You know, it's not the anticipation of a baby. It's not the first week blur of a baby. It is getting to the other side where you're figuring out how to do life with a baby. And something that Desiree has shared with me that we're going to be talking about in this episode is it being really hard to see herself and other people who seemingly get back to the gym and find the routine and have more time and ability or whatever to be who they were before now that they have a baby. And that just hasn't been her reality. And it's been really hard to navigate this season. So Desiree is going to be sharing a little bit about that today. Desiree? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being back. And I apologize for any weird background noise. Again, we're doing a walk and talk at my grandma's house just outside of Las Vegas. Desiree, tell me about what the last five months have been like. (laughs) Um, Really broad. Yeah, very broad. Well, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. It has certainly not been easy. I was on maternity leave for the first about four months, um, officially like 15 weeks or so. And uh, so I've been back to work now for about one month. And it has been a really hard adjustment to, well, adjusting to everything, I guess, like adjusting to having a baby and being a mom and then adjusting to gearing up to go back to work full-time, adjusting to starting daycare, adjusting to the routine of of what it looks like to be working full-time and have a little baby. And yeah, it's just been a lot to figure out on the fly. And it kind of feels like trial by fire where you can't really prepare for any of that until you're in the midst of it and it's happening. And my personality doesn't like that. Like I really like (laughs) to be able to have uh, a lot of excessive planning and knowledge and, um, you know, trial runs to, to see what works and what doesn't. And I'm having to figure out what works and what doesn't every single day, which makes some days really terrible and other days go really smoothly. And then I just try my best to replicate exactly (laughs) whatever I did to get another smooth day in the future. And so it's, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. 
Desiree has just been in the trenches and it's something that we see covered maybe superficially where we talk about moms going back to work and how unfair so much of that is, especially for moms in the United States where maternity leave is, is a joke and there's not a lot of support for working moms. And it's been so hard to see Desiree have to figure out the, just all the different loopholes to jump through with her leave, with why she needs to go back to work. It's more than just financial reasons. Um, Desiree works as a psychologist with uh, the Veterans Association, and she really cares about her work. She's put in years and years of school and education to get her doctorate, and she really enjoys what she does. And, And it's still really hard to wear that hat while being a mom and having to figure out how can she do what she's good at while also learning how to take on a whole new job and responsibility that is being a mom. And I know that so many people struggle with that um, adjustment of like having professional goals, but also wanting to be with your baby a little bit more. And it's, it's been really heartbreaking. Yeah. Like I've had, I've been pretty fortunate in the grand comparison of the maternity leave look uh, for the United States, at least where I'm one of the lucky few who have up to four months of of paid leave. So I'm very fortunate in that um, I can't imagine the women who have to completely go unpaid or who only get six weeks. Um, You know, I, knowing that I have already like had a, a hard time with the adjustment with the amount that I was given, like it just brings it into view how messed up it is that not everyone even has that. And right. that, that still isn't even enough. Um, right. And then also like you were saying with, with the work that I do, yeah, like it's sure. Like having income is important <laughs> and, um, and I have a boatload of, of student loans being that I went and got my doctorate. So sure. A lot of it is motivated by that, but at the same time, like a lot of this is that I dedicated so much of my life to getting this degree, to getting this career, that it's very tied in with my identity. And so that's something that I, I know that I wouldn't be satisfied if I were solely a stay-at-home mom. Um, it's something that I, it's important to me to, to have this aspect of my identity. And I never really questioned that before. But then as I was gearing up to actually go back, it was like, Oh shit. Like I, <laughs> I really don't care as much about my work, which maybe sounds bad because I obviously really do care about my work and my clients. Um, but the priorities have shifted and I previously like kind of was really wrapped up in my work and that took all of my focus and all of my mental energy every single day. And now that I have a baby, it's like, it, it pales in p- comparison. Like the baby yeah. is the is the priority. And that's what takes up all of my, my time and attention and and my drive and, and kind of seeing that, you know, certain meetings that are being held at work, for example, it's just like, this doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) Wanting to be home with my, with my kid matters. Right. Um, And it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't think that I really anticipated how much of a shift in mindset about like work would happen. I don't know. Yeah. It makes sense. And then even leading up to going back to work, your maternity leave was far from what you thought it was going to be. 
right? And so I know that there's a lot of things we could discuss here, but I think you had this vert like vision of a lot of bonding and getting to be home and be with Theo, but there was a lot of struggles there. Can you share some insight on some of the struggles that you've had with nursing and yeah. everything attached to that? Um, so breastfeeding initially went okay for like a hot second. And then, um, it kind of took a turn where I suspected for a while that he had a a lip or a tongue tie and it kind of took me jumping through a million hoops and referrals and scouring the internet and professional Instagram pages to find information and, and help and resources. Um, Long story short, I ended up having him uh, evaluated by a pediatric dentist who then performed the tongue tie and lip tie and cheeks tie. (laughs) All of the ties. Um, He was struggling extremely badly with reflux. um, And I didn't have anything to compare it to. Like, you know, they say all babies spit up and, you know, it looks like it's more than it really is. And it's really not that bad. And so I didn't really know like what the barometer was on what is excessive until I had like a couple of professionals in various appointments, see what was going on and be like, Oh yeah, that's pretty bad. And it made nursing pretty terrible because it was like, you know, he was having a hard time latching. He was getting suck blisters. He then was swallowing a bunch of air, which made kind of whatever natural reflux things were going on worse. And it was just, I couldn't have him on the floor. I couldn't do tummy time. I felt like I was, you know, failing him to, to not help him be able to get all this other stuff for his development. Cause it was just, you know, do I prioritize him moving around and developing his motor skills or do I prioritize him keeping his meal down and like feeling like I had to choose which one was going to be more important. And so that felt really hard. And as the months progressed after the, the ties were released and everything, like it was okay. I noticed some improvement with the reflux. Really, it took until he was about four months or just over four months for me to see a significant improvement. And that's probably just due to him maturing with his GI development. But, um, you know, that was in combination with him developing a bit of like a bottle preference and, and a nursing strike. That happened shortly before my maternity leave ended. And so all this time and effort that I had put into figuring out nursing and making breastfeeding work, it kind of felt not like it was pointless. That's like kind of the cynical way to view it, I guess, but that I had done all this work to like make breastfeeding and nursing successful. And then he developed this nursing strike bottle preference and my maternity leave was ending that week where I'm yeah. now being forced to exclusively pump anyway. And I didn't have the, frankly, the availability and the time with him to overcome that. Yeah. So now I'm on the exclusive pumping life, which comes with its own benefits and drawbacks, I suppose. Um, yeah. So it just, you know, you can't really anticipate what your type of hard right. life is going to be. Everyone is hard, but it's hard in unique ways. Mine has been the like eating reflux, colicky, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. It's, you never know like what variable you're going to get, but there's no, I mean, every baby and every mom has their own thing. And some babies have more things than others. And Theo's kind of had a lot going on. And I think that's, it's so stressful. And then again, with you mix in like timelines or maybe deadlines that are made when you are returning to work and just all of these transitions that one are natural, but two that have that are a little bit more rigid just makes it really hard. And I don't think that there's a lot of support for that. And a lot of really understanding like babies change so much, but God, like it's just, it makes it really hard on a mom to try to keep up and adapt, especially when you're somebody who likes to have a plan. Right. To say the least. And then you add in something like exercise for some backstory. Desiree is a CrossFitter. She's done that for years before that was just college athlete also in the water polo swimmer land. So that's always been a big part of her life. And during maternity leave, she was able to do, um, like the eight week postpartum athlete training program, couple practice, brave workouts here and there, but her exercise routine has pretty much paused. Is, is that fair to say? Um, yeah, paused is the, the, the nice way of putting it because that implies that at some point it will come back, which I'm hopeful for. But yeah, it's, it's literally non-existent right now. Right. So it's like, I think that's another element that's really hard is there's this morning of like, there is just so much shit going on between the survival of trying to figure out a new baby and then the survival of trying to transition into work and that whole new routine. And I'm sharing this because that doesn't get reflected on social media, including my own. Like there's, you know, I I share a pretty specific avatar and you're not alone if this is you too, right? There are so many moms that have to pause what their normal relationship with exercise looks like right now. And it is not forever because everybody does find a routine in time and it gets a little bit more mentally and physically manageable to introduce a little bit more of an exercise and health routine. And yet there are just certain seasons where it just isn't possible and that is okay. And it sucks both. Yeah. Like I feel like there's, you know, with your business, it's all about getting women kind of continuously engaged in fitness, no matter what chapter of life they're in. And I know that I'm not alone in having fitness essentially become non-existent once I, once you become a mom. Right. Um, like, obviously this is honestly, it's majority of the population, right? right? right. <laughs> um, but it's almost like, since I am not necessarily, I'm more connected to the fitnessy population, like the accounts right. that I follow, the, the personal, like people that I know and their stories right. of motherhood and fitness, you know, it, it is a biased selection that I'm exposed to of women who become moms and continue to work out or, or kind of get back to it shortly. And I mean, that's what your whole program is right. encouraging, which it should. And at the same time, it's kind of like, well, where's the people like me? <laughs> who really like fitness 
who who really want to keep doing it, who tried to keep doing it even throughout my maternity leave. And for multiple reasons, it now has to stop, right? Like where, where are all those ladies at? Because I feel like I'm over here just seeing a bunch of accounts and, and people I personally know and, and things like that of, you know, getting back into it and, you know, modifying, but still working out and finding the time to do it. It's like, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how, yeah, perhaps to the people who, who are figuring it out, but that's not me right now. Right. Um, like I am blessed with a baby who likes to have very broken sleep. So yeah. <laughs> my sleep is very broken. I'm very exhausted. Um, I'm pumping in the middle of the night still. So I'm I, like getting up early before he wakes up. That's not a thing. Cause he might be up at three, four and five in the morning and I'm pumping during those times anyway. Right. Then I have to get up and go to work. And then I work a full work day. And by the time I'm done with that, home with him from daycare, it's 5 p.m. Right. And dinner time to get the other kids situated and right. And pumping more and then bedtime. And then I'm exhausted. Right. So like where's the time to do this? And I feel like it's I don't know. I'm sure it's talked about maybe somewhere out there, but not that I have actually come across and it's made it feel a bit more isolating that it's like, well, what the fuck is wrong with me that like all these other women are able to figure out the time and they have other kids and they have jobs and they're doing it. So why, why can't I figure out how to make this work? And then I look at my schedule and I go, there's just no way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. Like every single person has a very different dynamic and the season of life that you're in, when I look at your schedule, it's like, it's so clear to me that like, yeah, this just, this can't really be a thing right now. It just can't not without something else. That's also extremely important, like taking a hit. Right. And that's saying that knowing this also isn't forever. Like Theo will sleep. You will get acclimated to a routine. You will find a schedule and windows of opportunity where it will be introduced into your life again. And that's just not right now. And that's really, really hard because it is a huge part of your life. But when you're in the trenches and you're not sleeping and your body is healing and your baby has had a lot of different transitions and a hard time, it just can't always be the priority. And that's, there's a place for that and a really big place for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know that at some point I will figure out a way to reincorporate fitness. Um, I know it's like too important to me, I guess, in the long run to just have it completely slip away. Um, But it feels really daunting to, this is the first time that I have been this inactive in literally my whole life. Yeah. Like, you know, we joined, we joined competitive swim team. We were like five years old. Right. And I haven't stopped doing a form of exercise or competition like in my whole life. Right. And so this is the first time that for several months have passed now where, you know, if I really want, even want to date it back, like even over my pregnancy, like fitness really shifted and started to become less and less right as it should have. And then with, the immediate weeks of postpartum, like obviously nothing. Right. And then slowly easing back into it. And I felt like right as I was starting to even do like one or two workouts, that actually got my heart rate up and, and felt more like a true quote unquote workout. 
that's when everything stopped. Right. So I feel like everything has already been off balance in terms of a fitness view of me for a year already. Right. So, yeah, which can be really daunting because it's a huge part of your life and who you are. And it already changes so much during pregnancy. And then to have just the reality of postpartum come in and kick your ass, it's just really hard. And we share this, like, not to like, you're pregnant and you're listening to this, you're like, fuck, like, is that going to happen? And the point of sharing this is like, you don't know what your circumstances are. And every body has a different circumstance with what their job requires, with what their baby requires, with what their body needs, with what their brain needs, with what their partner status is and the support system that's in place. It's just really hard. And there are seasons where I was like, where basically your preferences isn't your reality and it sucks. And it's a really uncomfortable place to sit in and just have to I call it like fucked up acceptance where you don't want to accept it, but you also just kind of have to. Right. And I, I didn't necessarily picture, um, my, my year ish, you know, postpartum to look like how it's currently looking. Like I I kind of had mentally envisioned, okay, like I was not going to be doing anything, you know, for the first six to eight weeks or so postpartum, like, okay, cool. Got that okay, yep, there will be slow recovery, kind of start back with basics. Okay, yep, got that. And I really didn't anticipate that it would completely disappear for me. Right. Um, and yeah, I don't want to say this to, like you were saying, kind of freak people out that maybe are fearful that that this could happen to them too. I suppose it could, but that's yeah. kind of the point that I, of all the scenarios, I didn't really think that this would be right. kind of how my phase is looking right now. Um, but for a lot of reasons, like the, the type of job I have, the hours that I work, um, my husband being a farmer and me going back to work during harvest season. Like, you know, yeah. there's, a, there's a bunch of factors. Having, that, she has two older stepkids that yeah. also like require her help and yeah. or guidance. Even like their after school activities to right. take them to or performances to watch. So, right. There's just you know, there's a, a lot. It's been a perfect storm of my unique life circumstances right. that have led that's a good way of saying that like not having fitness be a part of my life right now. Right. Um, so again, like fully supportive of the women who are able to figure it out and can kind of pull from their schedules here and there to like fit in even a, a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hopeful that I'm able to do that yeah. at some point or draw inspiration from people who are making it work even under other tough circumstances, but it, it feels like the, as crappy as it makes me feel currently, I know that it is the best choice because the thought of adding even one more thing, even that something that's positive and beneficial to me, but the thought of one more thing on my plate is too much. Yeah. Yeah. And you can hear like, it is just, you know, postpartum presents a lot of different struggles and like being able to keep your mental health. Like, I think everybody assumes that, well, like exercise is going to help your mental health. Yes, it does. And sometimes it's not the right choice. This isn't a forever thing. This is a, what do I need to do right now to keep myself healthy? I need, she needs to prioritize sleep. She needs to prioritize her time with her baby. She needs to prioritize her brain and capacity with work and her family responsibilities. And that is okay. And we've just like, uh, as an aside, like we've seen our own mom, like she went (laughs) our whole childhood without ever really working out. 
And it wasn't until Desiree and I got out of the house that then she was like, you know what? <laughs> I think I might actually have time to like work out and ride my bike and go to the gym and do these things. And she like really got into fitness in her fifties. Now that's not our reality, but Desiree's in a season of a temporary reality where it just doesn't fit into the life that she has right now. And in a couple months, that that honestly will probably be a different conversation. But right now you're just in the freaking trenches. And that is so hard to see reflected, especially on social media. Right. But you're right. It's not really, it's not as reflected, I suppose. If you're, if you follow predominantly fitness accounts or, or are kind of connected to that world already, um, whether it's yoga or, you know, boot camps or whatever sort of like stuff is already being spoon fed to you, then there's a chance that you're being exposed to these posts or messages about kind of smoothly and slowly transitioning back. Right. Um, and I really haven't seen people kind of straight up be like, yep. And like, it's going <laughs> to disappear from me yeah. for a while. Right. My, your timeline is just different. Oh, and I remember what I was going to say. Oh, now. well, hit, hit me. <laughs> I'll shut up. That uh, since, since we're talking about like mental health and kind of what is going to help protect that or, or what right. might detract from it. Yeah. You are the like, expert here. <laughs> yeah. I guess. <laughs> Or at least they try to be, but like, you know, yeah, fitness is an exercise. It is good for your brain and your mental health. Like it does, get, it does help in that manner. But what something I tell my clients is like, even therapy sometimes can be not helpful, right? Like the, the last thing that you want is to start therapy, have that be one more thing on your plate that you're at least viewing it like that and be unable to kind of commit to the things that therapy is going to require and then have it stress you out more. Right. And then now it's kind of like adding to the problem that you're trying to help solve. Right. So like I kind of view exercise similarly where, yeah, in general, it's super great, super beneficial, highly recommend it. But if you're trying to like protect your mental health or improve it, then go about it in other ways that it actually will take you step towards that right take you steps towards it right um and I know that I can protect my mental health more by removing that right now right and I think that's a lot of what I like to call athletic maturity knowing like this is what I have to do right now on behalf of my own happiness my own sanity my body my brain my family dynamic and like we're hitting this point really hard because I think that it is a point that gets extremely overlooked is like athlete moms are not necessarily athletes through every single season, right? Like that, it just can't always be a priority for me. Um, I've shared, I had very different, some, some similar, very different circumstances, Desiree, but from, you know, like sleep deprivation, depression, surgeries, like just so many different seasons where like, you just truly have to take time away but that doesn't mean that it's time away forever. And that we just have to kind of keep that in mind and give yourself the grace to navigate those seasons. But again, way easier said than actually experienced. And then let's, let's do a a check-in on rehab. So you saw a pelvic floor PT who is very helpful and she was able to like kind of help with your postpartum recovery. How are you feeling currently? Um, okay. I was like middle of the road and not feeling like completely 
back to normal, quote unquote, um, but also not necessarily like having a lot of, of difficulties. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, I'm glad that I was already connected to her, um, kind of intentionally spacing them out more until, you know, life circumstances change and I start to require her services more, meaning like yeah. when I actually do start to become a bit more active when I do start adding weightlifting back into my life, um, right. you know, that will add in probably new conversations that her and I need to have. So right now yeah, it's on the, it's on the docket for the future. Yeah. But I like that point that you made about like, it was great that you had her as a resource and another support person during pregnancy. And then especially in your like first two weeks postpartum, you get an idea of like, all right, what are we working with? What do we need to do? Even like some assurance for like, is this normal? What am I feeling? What am I experiencing? And then like, what can, what can I do? And just having somebody who's there to like give you assurance and practical feedback so that, you know, you can just continue the healing process. And even if it's not exercise, it's your activities of daily living. She's done a good job of that. Yeah. And I find myself definitely incorporating like a lot of stuff that I've learned from her in my activities of daily living. So it's not like just because exercise and fitness is on the the pause right now. Like, right. Doesn't mean that going to her was a moot point then. Oh, totally. No, I mean, cause they're the whole point is to have improved function across the lifespan, not just exercise, but just you having quality of life in your body and feeling pretty good. Yeah, um, I've definitely learned a lot from her Yeah, about like a bunch of non-fitness related things. Right. So, right. Fun stuff like constipation and <laughs> like all the like things you're like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, you get to learn a lot about your body during these seasons. Um, what else, Desiree? I don't know, man. <laughs> kind of well, we wonder, I mean, we got the rehab, we got the brain, we got the exercise or lack thereof currently. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll close it out and just say, like, your story is not uncommon. It's just not always commonly uh, shared because it's a, it's hard to share. And I think it's it can feel really like lonely and isolated. And so we recorded this episode is to just be like really real and say like, this is somebody who is very much an athlete whose identity is attached to that in some ways. And it can be a really hard life transition to go back to work, to have a baby who has kind of a lot of, a lot of things going on that just needs more attention and where you sometimes that just has to be where your attention goes and that is okay. And you're doing a good job. And this dog agrees. (laughs) Um, you're doing a good job. And if you're listening to this episode and you're like, God, I finally feel understood or seen, or I'm not alone. Then like, I hope that I'm glad you have that feeling and you aren't alone. I'm really grateful that Desiree was willing to share. Although not easy. Like she's just in the trenches. She, I'm sure you could even hear it. Like it's just a hard season to be in a lot of change, a lot of things to adjust to, especially when you are a planner and you want to know what to expect. Mom life is like, hold my beer. So it's been a steep learning curve and you're doing a good job. And I know that a lot of people can see themselves in what you shared today. I hope so. I mean, it's, you know, it's not fun to, to have this conversation. You know, it's a lot of like vulnerable topics being talked about, but, um, 
I mean, part of, I guess, why I was willing to do this, not that I volunteered by any stretch, whatever, um, <laughs> uh, was, you know, the hopes that maybe other, other people would relate to it because I've been feeling like, where are all the people who are going through what I'm going through? Like, I don't see them. Right. So, yeah. Well, thank you for being the person becoming who somebody else needs. And I know that's a sentiment that a lot of us who are listening to this, um, who do this work can absolutely relate to. All right, Sissy. Love you. Love you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work. Mm -hmm.